Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akhil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of School of Startups, where we talk to successful tech entrepreneurs on how to start and scale their businesses. On today's episode, we will be talking about why understanding your different customer personas is so important and in, in copywriting. Uh, today, we have our guest, Bhaskar Sarma, with us. Uh, Bhaskar is a full-stack growth marketer. He helps companies and leaders to get more qualified traffic to their website, increase conversions on the website, and convert uh, more trial users to paid customers by also keeping them loyal, upsell, cross-sell them, and setting up a customized analytics stack, which tracks users right through the entire customer cycle. Uh, Buskar has experience in many marketing channels, including conversion copywriting, SEO, website competitor audits, email marketing, building case studies, writing white papers, uh, video and webinar scripts, onboarding design, revenue optimization, marketing automation, and sales funnel optimization. So the whole stack. Uh, Buskar was a features writer at Digit, which is India's largest tech company or tech magazine. And more recently, he was a SaaS marketer and full stack growth hacker at Pixels and Clicks, where he wrote SEO web copy, white papers, and case studies, and also consulted clients on content marketing strategy. His niche and expertise is in the B2B space, uh, so I think it'll be a great show for you guys today. So welcome, Bhaskar. Really glad you were able to join us, and thank you for taking the time to be here today. Thank you, Akil, for this uh, very comprehensive introduction. I'm very happy to be here. This is, uh, this is something that I'm looking forward to so much, and I, I love to talk about customer insights because I believe that uh, that is one of the killer apps. I mean, if you think of think of it, it's one of the killer, you know, insights, one of the killer strategies that you can have in your marketing toolkit. The more thoroughly you understand your target market, the more deeper you go into understanding your customer, you know, your marketing returns, the return on investment on your marketing increases substantially. It, it, it basically means that you are printing money by, you know, putting out content, putting out copy, putting out, uh, framing your product in a way that actually meets market demands. So I'm very interested. I'm very excited to talk about uh, different approaches and how companies, especially B2B, SaaS startups can use customer insights to sharpen their framing sharpen their brand sharpen their positioning make their uh, make their brand unique in front of their user base and you know, basically make hay while the sun shines yeah sure we all want to print money i think that's where so if you can help yeah. us do that by the end of this this recording i think you'll be the highlight of our, our podcast <laughs> and before we get Thank to so the, <laughs> before we get into the actual uh you know the, the user persona i want to get more into like specifically about the copywriting what does you know copywriting mean to you and why is it important for startup founders specifically you know in the SaaS a b2b space to learn how to properly copyright uh you know i like the very old school definition this definition of copywriting which says that copywriting is salesmanship print now this has a context with those old school newsletters where they basically send out a printed you know what they call junk form, junk mail. We don't have a lot of these things now, but it was direct copywriting where they would send out a long form letter to you know millions of people all over the country. They would open the letter, they'd read it, and then they would be persuaded to buy anything from investment advice, newsletters, to you know physical products, to trying on a particular product or whatever. 
So direct market, direct copywriting is actually something that I'm very interested by because in those earlier days, these guys had to go through so many hurdles. You had to, you had to send out a physical product, physical copy. The, after, after you persuade the copy, after you persuade the person enough, they have to, you know, tear out a, tear out a kind of an envelope, uh, reply form. They have to go to the post office, they have to deposit it, and then they have to wait for the product to come in. So, and the people who made millions of dollars of this knew about human psychology, knew about how to create, you know, a certain kind of desire that is, that is enough to overcome all these obstacles. And compared to them, our, our, we have, we have so easy. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, reading some copy and then clicking on a few buttons and then you get your orders in and people can start enjoying your product, especially when it comes to SaaS product, it's instant. So this is the reason why understanding the art of copywriting, you know, selling your vision, selling the vision that you have of your product, selling the, selling the goals that you want to uh, show, uh, show to your consumer is so important because without copywriting, what have you, you don't have anything, right? You don't have any kind of, uh, persuasive uh, you, you, you cannot you cannot you cannot really show off your product in a way that a physical product can be sold like like you know you cannot uh, you cannot show off your product like peloton shows their exercise bikes or you know uh, a t-shirt company shows up a t-shirts or a, a sunglasses company shows the sunglasses you have to create a you have to create an idea you have to create an idealized uh, outcome for the customer for the consumer the user and so this is where copywriting really shines because with a few words you can change mindsets you can shift the frame of the user from okay this is something that i might want to shit i need to have this right now otherwise i'll be in deep shit so this is something that i am really uh, i really think all startup founders should think about because uh, especially when you are new uh, copywriting is all that is standing between you know getting a very talented team getting in front of investors who uh, put in your you know angel investing or seed investing or even uh, even uh, type uh, uh, stage a uh, investing and, and for that matter more importantly it's about uh, how you get more teammates for you because in the initial stages when the product is not very mature it's there's an ideal the ideal is what attracts people to the team and if you can't uh, articulate that properly, even if your idea is very good, even if you're creating a world-changing product, even if the product code base is awesome, but your ideas don't get far and so you'll be hamstrung. So that is why I think it is very important for startup founders to learn the basics of you know, copywriting. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Now, before we get into like the actual, you know, writing, um, you know, one thing I find, you know, myself, this happens to me and I'm sure it happens to a lot of people is they get into something called writer's block. Um, yeah. Does that happen to you? And if so, do you have an effective system or routine that you use personally to get past block that block when working on a new project, whether it's an article, blog, ebook? Because I know it takes me a lot of mental. Um, needs, you know, I need music. I need to be in the right space. I need quiet noise. I, I don't know. Like, is there, but even then, sometimes it fails. So I don't have a proper system. Is there something that you find that works well for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm no super. I'm no superman. I have writer block writer's block sometimes and it is sometimes it's so bad that I would type a line and you know five hours later that line is the only line that is out on the screen so yes I have tremendous of writer's block and 
uh, one of the ways that I kind of try to snap out of it is basically reading about what users are talking about a product. So let me give you an example. Uh, let's assume that you have a, you want to write a copy, you want to write a blog post for a CRM product, right? Uh, so I, if you are, if you are facing writer's block, you don't know how exactly you want to, you can differentiate your product from, you know, thousands of other CRM products out there. The best thing that I really, uh, the best thing that has worked for me is going to, you know, places where people talk about the issues. Maybe it is a hashtag on Twitter. Maybe it's a subreddit. Maybe it is Amazon reviews of a book on CRM. Or maybe it's, you know, going to one of the sites like Captera or GT, G2 Cloud where people leave their reviews. And I, I basically look through all of these uh, reviews and, you know, sometimes copy paste them in a Google Doc or uh, even, even for, for that matter, I copy paste them in a uh, Google Sheet and then try to see what patterns emerge. What, what are the common things that people talk about? What are the common issues that they are facing regarding the particular product? And when you take yourself out of the equation, when you start thinking from the point of view of the ultimate end users, you find that you get a lot of clarity. You know, all of this thing is actually in our head, right? So this writer's block is something that it's like you have something, you are reaching out to something. It's just at the tip of your tongue, but you can't really talk about it. You can't really articulate it. That's, that's all writer's block is, right? Right, exactly. So, so when you are reading about other people's issues, other people's problems with the product that you are trying to write for, then you see, okay, these are the kinds of things that I want to focus on. These are the kinds of things that, you know, will resonate much better. And then immediately you, your brain starts to take you on that journey. It starts to tell you, okay, these are the kind of this is the angle that I want to headline. This is the angle that I want to close. These are the kind of points that I want to cover in the ebook or in the blog post or release material, whatever. And so, uh, the more user research you do, uh, the better it is for your, you know, writer's blog. So, I actually have uh, a system, a note-taking system on Evernote. Uh, I do that. I whenever I go on these, you know, uh, review sites or Twitter or whatever, if I see something nice, then I'll just clip it on my Evernote and then I'll tag it on a particular tag. And then when I finish writer's blog, I just, you know, kind of read through that Evernote, this Evernote uh, notes that are tagged and then, you know, I, I, I get inspiration. So it, it just goes on. Got it. So instead of staring at a blank street, you know, a, a Google Doc, now you're actually consuming a lot of information, you're getting your mind flowing, reading, and then I think it gives you some, you're saying is it gives you some inspiration um, versus just like yes. you know, waiting and trying to get the words up. Because as you read, then maybe you'll, something will click and it'll get the oh, yeah, movement, yeah, yeah. got it. And yeah. uh, also another thing is that, you know, a lot of people uh, are kind of, have they have two different opinions on this, but you know, you could use copywriting formulas to help because there are plenty of copywriting formulas out there. I'll actually link, I'll actually share with you uh, link to a copy hackers blog post where they have outlined about 110 or 100 crazy number of copywriting formulas that you can either use for your landing page copy, your email subject line, your blog post copy, your uh, your you know your uh, Facebook ad copy, whatever. And even within that copywriting headline, copywriting formulas, you have structures. How do you want to structure a particular piece of copy? Do you go to a problem, uh, problem, uh, problem, agitate, solve, or is that a before, during, after? So there are you know, hundreds of copywriting formulas out there, and sometimes they also 
help you to you know structure your thinking so that okay this is something that i want to put out first and then this is what i'll go so the so the idea is that the copy flows properly so these are the ways in which you can you know beat writer's block but yeah writer's block is there it's a it's a ever consuming ever present you know, companion okay so even professional writers have that that problem as well okay i will link Absolutely. to that we'll, we'll link to that show uh, into yeah. our show notes as well um, and then, you know, speaking about, you know, building personas, so I know the traditional way of it um, from, you know, my understanding is it takes a lot of time and it may work when you have a big brand, but it's hard for, you know, maybe bootstrapped or early stage startups. Um, you know, and then before this, this interview, you talk, I learned about something new. It's called the JTBD framework, which you talked about. Um, I think yeah. you said it was introduced by, by Clayton Christensen. Um, yes. So you, your recommendation is for people to move away from using, you know, that slow moving persona development process instead adopting this JTBD, which stands for jobs to be done framework to get copy that converts. So I'm very curious why you suggest that to you know, early stage founders and why is that important versus just actually defining your persona? Right. Um, so persona development has been one of the core marketing uh, core uh, marketing advices that anyone anyone gives you hey you want to create a website create personas right and it's it's, it's good advice because uh, you kind of understand uh, the demographics you kind of try to understand get into the get in the skin of your user uh, and it is very good for bigger brands that have uh, experience that have you know maybe 10 12 15 people on the marketing team and have plenty of customers that they can interview and talk because user persona development uh, works well only when you actually interview actual customers and you have to interview a cross spectrum of customers you cannot just interview one persona one type of customer one archetype and then you know extend your extend the insights so customer persona development takes customers first of all you need to have customers and uh, it needs uh, resources it needs work and also as your product matures, as you grow and reach bigger, different markets, you will start to attract different types of users. For instance, you might have a very early adopter tech-savvy crowd in the beginning, but later on, as your product starts to mature, as your marketing starts to pick up steam, you would you would attract people who are not that tech-savvy, but you know who would be using, who are not very power users for that matter, but they would still be using it on a regular basis, and then. That way, your your customer uh, customer base diversifies. So then, all of these new personas get added, and then you keep on updating them. And so it's a it's a bit of a you know involved process. So it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of resources. Uh, that is not possible for many early stage and even for mid stage customers, mid stage uh, mid stage startups. So uh, jobs to be done framework is not exactly not, is it's not something that we should you know replace uh, replace personas, but it's a way it's another way of approaching the uh, approaching the user understanding user insights. So uh, jobs to be done is uh, quite a huge topic, and it will take me hours and hours to talk about it. And I'm also only starting to learn more about it. But in very uh, short. Uh, on a very succinct and a short description is that the theory says that your product is being hired by customers to do a particular job, right? So understanding what job or what outcomes your product is being hired, you know, used, used or hired to do a job 
gives you a lot of insights into how you should approach your uh, copy, how you should approach your uh, positioning, how you should write your headlines. For instance, let me give you an example. There are, I do website reviews using the Jobs to Program framework, and there are four questions that I find to be very useful and illuminating. And I'll, I'll share this question with you, but I'd just like to walk through. Sure. So the fir first question is, does the copy highlight the actual jobs to be done during the product and not the one that you think it is? The thing is that for a lot of founders, they think that their product is being used for a particular use. They think that in their head, their product is being used for a particular, particular use by the customer. But customers actually are using that product for an entirely different outcome. And that, this, uh, that cognitive dissonance is, is going to you know, sink your website if you persist with that messaging because your product might work very well for a particular set of outcomes that you have never thought about. Like for instance, uh, it's, this is not software related, but uh, you know, if you are, if you are selling a particular food item, if you're selling potato chips, your, your, your competition is not just other chips companies. They are, you know, other fast food companies, other, other, other things that you can munch on. So, uh, the thing is that you don't really know what your product is being used for unless you unless you actually kind of you know delve deep into the context in what the product is being used. So your copy has to include uh, the actual outcomes that your product is being used for, and not what you think it's using. It's big, not not what you think it is for, right? So you have to you have to listen to the market and find out okay, this is why my product is actually being used. So that way you can actually change the headline, change the position to say that, okay, this thing actually does this instead of what you thought about. So that is kind of like a soft pivot, but uh, it, is, it is nevertheless a positioning shift. So that is very important for us. Another thing is that is the copy reducing the anxieties users face while making the change? Because remember, you are not really inventing something absolutely new. Odds are that if you are a SaaS product founder, there are other uh, other complementary products already being used by your customer and change you know you know that I know that and if you're a founder you also know that one of the biggest barriers to change is you know inertia and anxiety and you know how life should I go should I move to a different product you know this product is not working for me but you know I know this interface I have to learn something new all over again you know all of these anxieties are what prevents the change to your product what prevents product adoption. So the jobs to be done framework also asks that, okay, are you, is your copy actually accounting for these anxieties? Is your copy you know, talking through different issues that customers might face while they are going into a particular uh, adapting, uh, changing into a new product? So if you don't have that, it does not work. If it does not work, even if you have an amazing product, right? And if it, even if it's very perfect for your user, it does not work that way. Secondly is, uh, thirdly, sorry, uh, the JB, uh, the jobs to be done framework also has to identify the now of your product, now of your user. Because uh, right now it has to empathize with your user's present predication, predicament. It also has to talk about what particular issues the users are facing and maybe what are the good things that the users have right now. Uh, the idea is that you have to first empathize, you have to first you know, connect with the user at the level which they are at right now before you tell them about the change. So that is the third point that the, uh, this framework actually uh, talks about, that you have to have 
we have to acknowledge the present circumstances before we talk about the you know promised future heaven you know the best case scenario and lastly uh you have to talk about the friction points that the present users are facing because friction points are super important that shows the user that okay these are the kind of things that i am facing and they know that this is what's happening with me right now this is why i'm not being able to do this particular job and this is how they are going to be taking up this friction points from you know my uh, workflow if i use this product so the jobs to be done for you also has to have also also talks about this particular thing so these are the four points that i i kind of use to audit copy or review copy and say okay this is something that you want to talk about this is something that you want to highlight this is something that you want to you know uh, you want to you want to talk more about so these are the points that actually makes for good copy whether it's on your landing page whether it's on your email funnel whether it's on your facebook ads whether it's on your you know uh, slide deck so all of these things has to be included in your uh, copy yeah it makes sense i think you know what comes to mind you're talking about the chips um so you're not going to say hey uh this bag of chips is going to replace my morning smoothie because you know it's it's not really a a positive you know outcome there yeah. but you can you know visualize somebody saying hey enjoy this with your your netflix tonight right or something like that i think that makes more powerful yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, still have yeah. to relate to it yeah um are there any t- sorry are there any tools or strategies you recommend to write copy that actually conveys that value of the product and communicates it effectively to their target user or other than that 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 kind of framework you already shared i i actually have a whole lot of you know tools uh, and frameworks and there is not enough time to go with that uh one of the one of the most powerful tools that i have you know found is uh, product awareness market awareness right stages awareness of a market so this is a concept that has been introduced by this old school copywriter called Eugene Schwartz he 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 was one of these old school direct direct marketers from the 60s and 70s right he he, he wrote these uh, you know very uh, famous ads so one of his uh, primary thesis is that a market has five stages any market has five stages of awareness uh, it it goes from you know a very product aware market where they know your product and they know what to do all the way to a market where they don't know that they have a problem they don't know whether the product actually exists to solve the problem so there is this uh, not aware there is completely aware completely aware then there is uh, product aware there is solution aware there is problem aware and there is unaware so this is a five stage uh, five stage breakdown of any market's awareness by sophistication so to write good copy you have to understand your market's uh, you know sophistication at what level of sophistication they are in do they know that this problem even exists that you are trying to solve do they know that the product exists but they are not convinced about the efficacy of the product so then you have to kind of you know highlight the product's uh, credibility points sometimes you have to start explaining that okay this is a problem that you might be facing in the future so that you have to actually explain the problem first and then you go ahead and okay these are the different ways in which your uh, your problem can be solved and we are saying that this our product can solve but not necessarily uh, this product can solve your problem so our product is one of the solution right so it's a huge spectrum and i'll i'll again link that uh, link that uh, framework to the, at the end of the show notes that you can share but the one of the biggest one of the biggest points that i like about this framework is that it 
simultaneously attracts and repels users because one of the points about marketing while attracting the right user is also turning off people who are not the right users like you know prospects Correct. because you want to be you want to be marketing to people who actually are in the frame of being sold who actually want to be sold right so you are limited in resources you don't want to fill up your email list with people who might be you know who who has no idea if even if they if this product actually works for them so i find that you know writing copy on the landing page writing copy on the email uh, it has to repel people as much as it should attract people actually it should repel more people than it should attract people because after all at the end of the day you are marketing to a very small you are your product is meant for a very small subset of the you know the larger total available market to be honest you know if you are if you have a crm is it not better to kind of focus on a very niche group uh, that has a very defining set of characteristics or is it uh, then then you know to target a massive group that has a very you know very tiny overlap between what they want what they expect and what your product provides so i believe always that you know if you go for niche and if you repel more people then it is actually more helpful so these are the kind of points that i keep in mind when writing copy that you have to be aware of your market you have to know that uh, you have to know at what stage your market sophistication is at and also it has to repel people more than it has to attract people Hmm. And then how how does that change when you're doing that for you know landing pages specifically? If you're trying to build a high converting landing page, mm-hmm. um, do you have like a framework or some kind of effective copywriting strategies that you recommend to follow that you've seen to work effectively? I actually saw this great conversation on Twitter. Uh, I don't even know where exactly, but people are saying that you know when you're writing copy for your website, you should actually uh, think about yourself as a sales person as an as a consultant or as an advisor who is talking to the client uh, about different you know investing options for instance so when you are when you are doing financial investing for instance you will have you know 7 8 10 15 30 different products and they are all equally good and the client might it and out of those maybe three or four different products are used for the client now uh is the same with saas products right so if you have a crm product you might have you might have uh, you might think that it might apply to a whole lot of people from you know, smbs to individuals to enterprises to small and medium enterprises maybe 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 your product is actually good for a company that has under under you know between 10 to 200 employees right so if a product company comes if a, if a, if, a, if, a, if someone comes from a company who has 5000 or 2000 employees so that might not scale for your product my your product will not deliver the appropriate appropriate uh, appropriate expectations that they have appropriate outcomes that they have so for those kind of for those kind of things your your landing page copy should also have a thing about okay if you if you if, buy this product or take this product only if you fulfill this particular criteria again it comes back to you know identifying your tribe identifying your very particular subset of customers have a have a section on your product on a landing page that says if you uh, if you are if you are not if you are if you are not these uh, if you are not into these particular categories then our product is not right for you and say that straight up front this does two things not only does it make your uh, landing page uh, your prospect list more 
targeted, your prospect list might be smaller, right? Because you are already kind of qualifying themselves. People are already self-qualifying, okay, this thing is not good for me, I'm not going to spend my time. But also, it increases credibility for the people who are actually turning off. Because, okay, they're saying that, look, these guys are not trying to market to us. These guys are not trying to, you know, go to us. So, so for instance, this actually works very good with, uh, say, uh, say, a product that works between 500 to 5,000 people brands, right? 5,000 people companies. So if you are a small business, small, very small uh, company, like say you have 100 people. So you can, you can, you can say them that, you can say that uh, this is the product that is not suitable for you. And I have, I have actually someone at Drift. I'll, I'll talk to you about Drift. who actually told me on a call uh, when I was talking to them about the product that he said straight up, Hey, look, I have seen your uh, website user statistics and I don't think our product is right for you because I don't think uh, your traffic statistics match the minimum requirements for our product. So they, they straight up said that, okay, this is not for you. And I'm very impressed because now I know that, okay, if I'm working with a client that actually matches their, matches their benchmark or if I'm at a level that I match their benchmark, I'm not going to be talking about, you know, any other product. I'm going to be going straight to Drift. And right now I'm talking, to, I'm talking about Drift on this podcast and they're getting free marketing. So even if I'm not using their product, they're still getting free marketing because they have actually qualified, the, qualified and they have restricted their user base. They have straight up told me honestly that this is not for you. So whether you do it on a sales call, whether you do it on a landing page, whether you do it on an email copy, this is something that you should take and think about. Makes sense. And you know, just adding to that, other than Drift, are there any, uh, you know, let's say top five other startups that you find that have this, you know, really well, uh, you know, web copy or landing page that you think are, you know, the others should look at and look for admiration to? Yeah. Uh... You know, it's, it's, it's interesting and it's funny that uh, the kind of uh, most of the websites or most of the brands that I like are brands that are making the big shifts. You know, they are, they are not talking about, they're not talking in terms of problem, problem solution, or they are not talking in terms of feature benefits. So, uh, so I'll, I'll wrap this up very quickly and I'll, I'll send you those details later on, but I like the companies, I like the copy of companies who actually kind of try to define a category, right? They try to kind of, you know, talk about a big idea instead of talking about mere problem solution or features and benefits because features and benefits, problem solution, they keep on changing, but latching onto a big idea. For instance, Drift actually again had this thing about conversational marketing, which means that people are, their, their whole thesis is people are stopping to, people are stopping interacting, filling up forms, you know, filling up forms is a, old and dated lead generation uh, tactic. Instead, people are now messaging. So people are not writing emails as much as they're texting each other. So Drift actually uh, positioned the whole product around conversational messaging that we will, will help you get leads through texting. So that is a major shift. Similarly, Zapier. You, I, I don't know if you know Zapier, but Zapier is a tool that you know, makes, uh, connects websites, connects different, uh, different products, and then basically automates a lot of your tasks, tasks right? For instance, I have an email that's landing on my inbox and then I'll create a Zap and then something gets added to that Google Sheet. So Zapier also has this thing about, you know, I love, I love, I like Zapier's uh, website copy because they talk about, they think about the larger idea. They don't talk about a specific problem. They think about the larger idea of automating your work and removing busy work from life, from your day. 
Similarly, HubSpot. I like HubSpot because they were the ones that talked about, you know, inbound marketing. They were, talk, they were talking about ships. So right now, there is actually a great, uh, no, I'd not say, I, I don't want to use the word opportunity. I'd rather, I want to use the word shift because there is a massive shift in how business is being done because of obvious reasons, right? So uh, if, you are a, if you are a brand that is actually in that kind of, if, you are, if your product is kind of in that space, there is a big way to get ahead of a huge shift in how work is being done. And you know, talk about the bigger ideas, especially on the landing pages, especially on the pitch deck. You know, talk about the bigger ideas, bigger changes. Because if you, if you anchor your brand with the changes that take place in society, like you know, movement from desktops to mobile devices, that is a change and shift that is not going to you know, end anytime soon. And that is going to stay. If you anchor your brand to these massive idea shifts, it's going to keep your brand more relevant and your positioning will be, you know, uh, it, it's not going to feel dated. Your brand's identity, your brand's messaging is not going to get dated or not going to, it's not going to make frequent updates. And it will become consistent, it will become powerful because you are associating your brand with a powerful change that is, you know, uh, that, that is a change that is inside with human behavior, with how, how the market is changes in uh, irreversible ways. So I always like these uh, brands. You know, I talked about Zift, Zapier, HubSpot, and then there's another brand called Zora, Z-O-U-R-A. And they talk about subscription economy, and that's also a huge idea. So subscription economy. Uh, so these are the kind of websites that I really like. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and last point I want to chat about is about hiring. So I feel that's an important point here because, um, you know, as a startup founder, you kind of made into that dilemma of like, should I be writing my own content for my, my landing page, writing it for my blog, and have my, my ads and my emails and all of the above? Or should I look at hiring you know, external writers or freelancers? And if so, you know, how do you, when do you decide which one to, 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 you know, to focus on and then where and how to hire high-quality writers? Where, do you, where would you look for that? You know, I, I actually want to, uh, I want to talk about the concept of, a, of the script doctor. So script doctor is a Hollywood industry term for a writer who actually does not write from the writer screenplay from the ground up, but actually is called in at the, at the later stages when the screenplay is taking shape so that they can polish the screenplay, they can tighten up plot lines, plot points, they'll, they'll see, they'll look at the script, they'll look at the story, they say, okay, there is a plot hole here, we have to, we have to get rid of that, we have to tighten it up, we have to... You have to round out the characters more better. So a script doctor actually comes in at a later stage in the screenwriting process and then, you know, forms up the whole script. So I think of copywriters for copywriters in this way. Uh, if you're a startup founder, I think you have to learn how to write copy. You, your copy necessarily might not be, you know, website ready or email ready or even pitch deck ready for that matter, but you have to be able to articulate your you know, your core idea, your product's core idea. You have to be able to articulate your values. And so whether you do it in a Google Doc or whether you do it in a you know, bullet points or however, you have to be able to write the core concepts that, that is behind the creation of the product. Now, once that is done, once you are okay on these are the kind of things that I absolutely, these are the core of my brand. These are the, these are the things that my product will do. These are the changes that the user will experience when they're using the product. These are the problems that I seek to solve. So once you are clear on these points, bring in a copywriter, right? 
or bring in someone who actually knows the principles of persuasion, persuasive copy, because that way the copywriter actually will not only understand what your product is from the point of view of a founder, which is kind of a difficult thing to do because uh, it, it takes particular insight to understand the core uh, uh, the core uh, impulses behind creating a particular product and unless you are using the product or you are actually the user of the particular product it's hard for uh, hard for you to understand it and so a copywriter once you being a copywriter you give them the give them that bullet point give them that you know uh, basically cliff notes and then they will actually turn that into headline copy landing page copy into uh, into email funnels and all of those things uh, one more thing that I really want to uh, talk about uh, when you're hiring for copy copywriters is I want to I want to uh, I want to highlight how important it is for copywriters curious and empathetic in equal terms curious about the problems that your product actually solves and empathetic about where the users are at right now and again this is this is copywriters uh, don't necessarily have to be of the particular product to know that they have to use you know audience research techniques like that like how i mentioned before about you know understanding talking to customers reading to review sites and all of those things so you have to have a mix of curiosity and empathy otherwise the copywriter that you hire it's either going to be you know someone that will not be able to capture the essence of the product in the and the highlighted differentiators or it is someone who's going to be talking about the customer side but they are not going to be able to connect the customer problems with, the, with how the product is going to actually solve the customer issues yeah makes sense and then if somebody's looking to you know uh, improve their own copywriting skills is there any courses you recommend or suggest to somebody or any other resources to get a better at copywriting or they just want to improve their skills to improve their conversions on their website and you know go out there and you know start making changes yeah, I mean, there are, uh, you, you, you Google something and there will be thousands and thousands, millions of resources out there. But uh, for the biggest bang for my buck, I, I really like what copy hackers do. Uh, C-O-P-Y-H-A-C-K-E-R-S.com. They, uh, they are basically a, a copywriting agency that is focused on SaaS startups. So they know a lot of, you know, they did speak, founder speak. You know, they, they understand everything for a lot of copy uh, SaaS products, uh, whether startups or, you know, even for measure products. And so they have a lot of resources. They have free resources, they have free courses, and they have, you know, a very good blog that will really get you into the groove. So that is something that I think you should go because I, I don't want to bombard you with, you know, thousands of resources because there are thousands of resources, frankly. So even if you get started with this, <laughs> you, you'd be much ahead. Okay, so Copy Hackers is, is a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, awesome. it's a great place to start. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you. So just, yeah, I guess, last question from my side, Buskar, is, you know, how, how can our audience get in touch with you and uh, learn more about your copywriting or other, you know, marketing services that you have? Uh, I am available on Twitter at, at the red B-H-A-S, I, you can also email me at Buskar at pixelsandclicks.net, which is B-H-A-S-K-A-R at the rate P-I-X-E-L-S-A-N-D-C-L-I-C-K-S.net or you can, you, can, you can find me on LinkedIn, but I think, I think email and Twitter should be uh, pretty, uh, you should, you should uh, get, get everyone out there. And then, you know, you talk to me, I'll 
I'll, I can I can either uh, I can either walk you through a particular problem that you're solving, or I can I can recommend you to someone who's actually going to be best suited for your particular uh, problem needs or requirements. Okay, I appreciate that, Bhaskar. Thank you so much for for joining us today. It was great to have you on. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Aki. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about entrepreneurship, make sure to check out our School of Startups videos on YouTube as well. Until then, see you guys on the next episode.